Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. We give you the site for free when those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you a bunch of money for their sites. Uh, so I think you'll find that we give you more for free than they will even be charging you for. So enjoy all over at freetalklive.com. Plus, the Free Talk Live website allows you, the listener, to influence the things we'll talk about on the airwaves by submitting show prep suggestions to the site. And then other listeners will go ahead and take a look at those suggestions and decide whether they like or dislike them and vote appropriately on them. And then the most voted up, the most liked, will make it to the front page of the site top of the site, meaning we're more likely to see them and therefore more likely to talk about them. So head on over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. So joining you tonight, it is Ian and Sean and Mark. Uh, Sean, good to have you here. I think this might be the first time you've been on the show in the beginning when I was on the show. because I think it is, yeah. <laughs> the last two times you were on, I ended up, let's see, one of them I ended up in, well, not quite behind bars, but under arrest. And then the other one was, what was the circumstance there? Uh, you were at Cheshire TV, I believe. Oh, yes, a, uh, a local uh, important meeting that I had to attend. So thanks for being here uh, to, uh, to help out, Mark. And, of course, we'll take your calls about anything at 800-259-9231. To start things out here tonight, uh, we get to the valedictorian story. That's what we uh, I'd promised last night or we mentioned last night and never got to it. In fact, rumor has it she might even be listening tonight. So the word is from SwiftKickOnline.com, where last month Erica Goldson graduated as valedictorian, and that means somebody who's real smart, right? Va- well, they've done well in school. Valedictorian, uh, presumably you'd you'd either have to be really good at cheating or you'd have to be pretty smart, right? I to, can't imagine to be a valedictorian. It, it, uh, you know, the cheating is something you can get away with now and then. It is it is the rare person that manages to do it consistently over time, and uh, that's going to, you know, getting caught once or twice is really going to put a dent in your mm-hmm. numbers. So would it be fair to say that this young lady is probably pretty intelligent? It's, it, I'd say that's fair to say. All right. So instead of using her graduation speech, she graduated from Koksaki Athens High School. Instead of using her speech to celebrate the triumph of her victory, the school and the teachers that made it happen, she channeled her inner Ivan Ilyich and deconstructed the logic of a valedictorian and the whole educational system. She originally posted her full speech on Sign of the Times, SOTT.net, and Swiftkick has reprinted it in its entirety. We will share it with you here. Here I stand. She, uh, She said this in front of her class. There is a story of a young but earnest Zen student who approached his teacher and asked the master, If I work very hard and diligently, how long will it take for me to find Zen? The master thought about this and then replied, Ten years. The student then said, But what if I work very, very hard and really apply myself to learn fast? How long then? Replied the master, Well, twenty years. (laughs) But... If I really, really work at it, how long then, asked the student. Thirty years, replied the master. But I don't understand, said the disappointed student. At each time that I will say I work harder, you say it will take me longer. Why do you say that? Replied the master. When you have one eye on the goal, you only have one eye on the path. This is the dilemma I faced within the American education system. We're so focused on a goal, whether it be passing a test or graduating as first in the class. However, in this way, we don't really learn. We do whatever it takes to achieve our original objective. 
Now, some of you may be thinking, well, if you pass a test or become valedictorian, didn't you learn something? Well, yes, you learned something, but not all you could have. Perhaps you only learned how to memorize names, places, and dates to later on forget in order to clear your mind for the next test. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that sounds like the school I went to. That sounds uh, that, absolutely. Think about, uh, you know, you had to learn all the states and their capitals. What kind of, I mean, <laughs> how useful is this information, even if you still know it? Um, I mean, I, I guess don't. it's mildly useful to kind of make you look smart, but I mean, we got, we have the internet to be able to answer questions like that. You know, what's the capital of Bolivia? I, I can go to Wikipedia to find out La Paz. I don't know. Back then, we had encyclopedias. We, I didn't have the internet when they were making me do stuff like that. But right. uh, certainly, information was available and is more so available now. But yeah, that is what uh, a lot of school is. It's just rote memorization. Uh, by the way, Mark, the capital of Bolivia is uh, Sucre. Huh, man. Ha, huh. eat it. Uh, so, <sighs> you think they changed it? So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens uh, in these government schools. And what's interesting is because – and we'll get back to her, her speech here in a moment. But what's interesting is because people are raised in this paradigm of, well, the government has to provide education, just like they're raised in this paradigm of, well, the government has to take out the trash, which is not the truth here in Keene, New Hampshire. There are private trash pickup services, and none of them are government-related. Uh, they drive around in trash trucks, though. Who? The trash pickup services, like they drive yeah. around oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in trash trucks. They look just like a government. You, you wouldn't know the difference. Well, no, you would because uh, these guys are a lot more flexible and reasonable. Uh, they're actually trying to please their customers. I mean, um, if, if you happen if to you be were glancing at yeah, them. If you're just going through town, you didn't know any better. Right. So, uh, so yeah, but people are so used to this government school paradigm that if you threaten that idea, if you, as we've been here in the, the Keene area doing middle school and high school outreach – Talking about how school as it is, it's pretty crappy. It's called the School Sucks Outreach. We're outreaching for the School Sucks uh, Project, School Sucks Podcast, which is a great, great little show available online at schoolsucksproject.com. Uh, but people are, are very upset about it. Some people are very upset. How, how dare you? My children are getting a great education. But it's just like uh, Erica says here. Okay, well, maybe they're getting a better education than some of the other kids in government school. You know, if you're not in a ghetto, then you might be at a better government school because for whatever reason, the, you know, they just don't get the best schools at the, in the ghetto uh, unless it's a charter school, in which case then they uh, really do a great job. So, uh, yeah, they don't understand what they're missing, I guess, is, a, is the point she makes there. And she's absolutely spot on. If you don't if you're not in that if you're not of that paradigm uh if you are you know deep within the government school paradigm then you'll see that well our government schools got an A plus they must be great okay i'll give it to you that they're, they're better than other government schools but what are you missing out on what kind of innovative methods of educating does this school not have because it doesn't have to compete with any significant uh, at any significant level with other schools what are you missing out on? I mean, if you think about an organization that has a monopoly, and there's no way it's it's difficult to argue that schools that government schools have monopoly, they have a virtual monopoly because you have to pay for them even if you don't have to go to them. So you mm-hmm. can choose to send your kid to a private school, but you still have to pay the ten thousand dollars a year or whatever in property taxes that you pay yeah. in order to fund them. So you know what what is their what's their purpose in getting better at what they're doing? 
com- competition. Well, they've uh-huh. been they've been sliding down the world's uh, the U.S. Uh, public schools have been sliding down, or the education level of U.S. students has been sliding down the world scale. We're like fiftieth in after World War II. We were number one. And it kept getting worse after the federal government got its uh, its mitts involved, and it's been getting worse uh, since the government got involved, period. And, of course, there's an interesting history behind all that that has to do with uh, Protestantism and uh, Catholicism and fighting it out and trying to influence as many people as they possibly could. But back to Erica. So she says, school is not all that it can be. Right now, it's a place for most people to determine that their goal is to get out as soon as possible. I am now accomplishing that goal. I am graduating. I should look at this as a positive experience, especially being at the top of my class. However, in retrospect, I cannot say that I am any more intelligent than my peers. I can attest that I'm only the best at doing what I'm told and working the system. Yet here I stand, and I'm supposed to be proud that I've completed this period of indoctrination. I will leave in the fall to go on to the next phase expected of me in order to receive a paper document that certifies that, I'm a, uh, that I am capable of work. But I contest that I am a human being, a thinker, an adventurer, not a worker. A worker is someone who's trapped within repetition, a slave of the system set up before him. But now I have successfully shown that I was the best slave. I did what I was told to the extreme. While others sat in class and doodled to later become great artists, I sat in class to take notes and become a great test taker. (laughs) This girl's pretty awesome. We'll come back with more of her speech to uh, her graduating high school class as valedictorian. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you, as always, are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site free, including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners to this program. Uh, You can see them, and if you're a lady listener, get involved over at shrine.freetalklive.com, shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by the Free State Project. If you're about as fed up with the government indoctrination camps as Erica is here, we're reading a speech from a valedictorian uh, and uh, what she had to say about her experience in government education. Uh, If you're about fed up with that and fed up with the rest of the, the state telling you what to do, owning your life, owning your labor, uh, the fruits of your labor, just tired of it, go to freestateproject.org. Learn about the thousands of liberty-minded people that are getting together all into the same place and getting active. I was out with a number of them today. It was, it was an activism day for, uh, for me. I didn't get any work done. Um, and Sean was out uh, with me this, uh, this morning. We, you uh, drove and we went out to, uh, to Concord where one of the activists was being investigated. It wasn't like a public trial quite, but she was subpoenaed to come before some kind of a hearing board of, I don't know what it was like, because they wouldn't let anybody inside except for one other person uh, in the attorney genital's office 
to, I guess, accuse her of practicing law without a permission slip. And so went there with When a, it's in fact the law that, that you can do so here in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah, well, supposedly. But nonetheless, they're going after her anyway because she's, uh, I guess, uh, she's she's rattled the wrong cage, uh, I suppose. She believes that it's because she helped somebody out with uh, the town clerk in uh, Grafton, New Hampshire, and the town clerk didn't like that very the much. government agents don't like it when you come after them. Nope. So uh, so they went after her, and there was a big group of folks that turned out uh, this morning to support her. Yeah, quite a few out there, including somebody who was possibly also practicing law without a license. There was a man in some uh, in a black dress with That's a wig, right. and uh, <laughs> he, he looked kind of like he might have been a judge or something. Yeah, that was great. There was a bunch of people there, and we actually got to meet Dick Tracy. And that's another story for another time. <laughs> but uh, and then later on, we went down to uh, David Krause's trial. He's one of the keen activists that was arrested um, outside at the uh, the 420 celebration during the Liberty Forum, where they had a huge crackdown. With the, all the police showed up from Nashua, or a bunch of them showed up from Nashua and arrested uh, multiple people. And uh, now was the trial. So you know, half a year later, uh, David was uh, was put on trial for so called disorderly conduct and was found guilty. Uh, and he is appealing, by the way, to a jury trial. So that's the first time that's ever happened, that anybody, any activist has ever actually uh, appealed a, a, a decision. So he was found guilty and given six, two six-month consecutive sentences, both suspended, meaning if he were to get in trouble again within a year's period of time, they would hit him with that year in jail. So that's what happened there, and he he put up a real good defense uh, about that. He kind of went for the constitutional uh, perspective and pointed out some of the points in uh, the New Hampshire Constitution, which is a great constitution. They don't follow it, but it's you know it's a great constitution. Uh, he pointed out these points, and uh, of course they ignored them entirely. But it was really neat, and he did a good job, and I support him, and that's why he came out today. Yeah, it was a very interesting trial. So people support each other here in New Hampshire. You you try getting uh, what what would you say at least a dozen people in the the pews there at the if you want to call them that. The, well, it is a church of sorts. Yeah, the seats at uh, there was a lot of folks that came out, which was great. So go to freestateproject.org, Learn more about this movement. It's a, it's a movement full of incredible activists, and it just keeps getting better as more people move here. Freestateproject.org. Back to Erica's speech. Uh, this is her speech as a uh, valedictorian graduating from high school, and she's telling it like it is, talking about how kids want to get out of school as soon as possible, and that she was the most successful slave, the most successful uh, of, of all of them. She doesn't believe she's smarter than the rest of her class, uh, but that she was the best at doing what she was told and working within the system. She says, I can test I'm a human being. Uh, that I'm a thinker, an adventurer, and not a worker. A worker is someone who's set a, uh, trapped within repetition, a slave of the system set up before him. But now I have successfully shown that I was the best slave. I did what I was told to the extreme. While others sat in class and intended to become uh, or doodled later, to, or doodled to later become great artists, I sat in class to take notes and become a great test taker. While others would come to class without their homework done because they were reading about an interest of theirs, I never missed an assignment. While others were creating music and writing lyrics, I decided to do extra credit, even though I never needed it. So I wonder, why did I even want this position? Sure, I earned it, but what will come of it? When, uh, when I leave this educational inst- excuse me, when I leave educational institutionalism, will I be successful or forever lost? I have no clue about what I want to do with my life. I have no interest because I saw every subject of study as work, and I excelled at every subject just for the purpose of excelling. Not learning. And quite frankly, now I'm scared. 
John Taylor Gatto, a retired school teacher and activist critical of compulsory schooling, and I highly recommend reading his stuff. It's very good. Uh, he asserts that we could encourage the best qualities of youthfulness, curiosity, adventure, resilience, the capacity for surprising insight simply by being more flexible about time, texts, and tests, by introducing kids into truly competent adult, into truly competent adults, and by giving each student what autonomy he or she needs in order to take a risk every now and then. But we don't do that. Between these cinder block walls, says Erica, we are all expected to be the same. We are trained to ace every standardized test, and those who deviate and see light through a different lens are worthless to the scheme of public education, and therefore viewed with contempt. H.L. Mencken wrote in the American Mercury for April 1924 (laughs) that the aim of public education is not to fill the young of the species with knowledge and awaken their intelligence. Nothing could be further from the truth. The aim is simply to reduce as many individuals as possible to the same safe level, to breed and train a standardized citizenry, to put down dissent and originality. That is the aim of education in the United States. Erica says, to illustrate this idea, doesn't it perturb you to learn about the idea of critical thinking? Is there really such a thing as uncritically thinking? To think is to process information in order to form an opinion. But if we are not critical when processing this information, are we really thinking? Or are we mindlessly accepting other opinions as truth? They wouldn't want you to do that in government school, would they? This was happening to me, and if it wasn't for the rare occurrence of an avant-garde 10th grade English teacher, Donna Bryan, who allowed me to open my mind and ask questions before accepting textbook doctrine. You know, it's that, it's that teacher in high school, and, and you know, everybody's got one, I, I think, um, that, uh, that, that, that really does open their mind. And uh, yeah. thank goodness for them. There was one them. for me. Uh, I would have been doomed, she says. I am now enlightened, but my mind still feels disabled. I must restrain myself and constantly remember how insane this ostensibly sane place really is. And now, here I am, in a world guided by fear. A world suppressing the uniqueness that lies inside each of us. A world where we can either acquiesce to the inhuman nonsense of corporatism and materialism or insist on change. We are not enlivened by an educational system that clandestinely sets us up for jobs that could be automated. For work that need not be done. For enslavement without fervency for meaningful achievement. We have no choices in life when money is our motivational force. Our motivational force ought to be passion, but this is loss from the moment we step into a system that trains us rather than inspires us. And she is so right that that the, the system, and she's you know being basing this on the uh, what the experts like John Taylor Gatto have said, the system is designed to create a worker bee. It's designed to create an unquestioning, unthinking worker's a drone who's going to uh, step into a particular role in society and then work that role throughout their life, presumably to retirement, which they will then receive a check from the government until they die, supposedly. More coming up. Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson. Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. If you dial in toll-free, bring up anything at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online 
at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site, including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. Edit virtually anything you want. The only son of the most popular president in U.S. history is a libertarian who never tells the truth to those unworthy of it. Progress, a groundbreaking documentary novel by Charles Stample. You can follow the link at freetalklive.com. We've got a banner there. Or uh, write progressanovel at gmail.com to uh, get the, I think it's the first chapter, completely free. It's Progress, a Novel, you can Experience a Libertarian Revolution. There's some times when you read a book that you feel like you should go back through it and uh, you know use a highlighter to get uh, you know some of the good stuff out of it so that you can you know more readily memorize it i felt that way all the way through progress it's a uh, progress a novel at gmail.com all right so we are in the midst of a speech that was given at a high school graduation by the valedictorian erica goldson uh, this was at Koksaki Athens High School, and she's laying it out there, telling it like it is about the government indoctrination system and how it is that, uh, as uh, John Taylor Gatto has pointed out and other uh, folks that actually know a thing or two, um, more than, certainly a lot more than I do about it, folks that have uh, spent their lives inside the system, people that have uh, researched it, the nature of the system, where it, uh, how it originated, what its purpose really is. It's not to really give people a robust education. It's to indoctrinate them into being obedient little serfs, into making a worker drone that will not question his or her circumstances, that uh, just wants to plug into a nice, safe J-O-B for their entire lives and never really do anything of um, unusual value, I suppose. And, yeah, okay, you can be... You can be successful after you go to a government high school because you're competing against other people who've had a similar indoctrination. Everybody's been brought down to the same crap can level, basically. So what are we missing? What kind of exciting educational advancements and innovations are we missing? Because the government's running the show. Well, let's get back to what Erica has to say. She says, we're more than robotic bookshelves. Conditioned to blurt out facts that we were taught in school. We are all very special. Every human being on this planet is so special. So aren't we all deserving of something better? Of using our minds for innovation rather than memorization? For creativity rather than futile activity? For rumination rather than stagnation? We are not here to get a degree to, get a, uh, to then get a job so we can consume in industry-approved placation after placation. There is more and more still. The saddest part is that the majority of students don't have the opportunity to reflect as I did. The majority of students are put through the same brainwashing techniques, and that is the right word for it, Erica. It absolutely is brainwashing. In order to create a complacent labor force working in the interests of large corporations and secretive government. And worst of all, they are completely she is unaware. It on the line. <laughs> yeah, they are completely unaware of it. I will never be able to turn back these 18 years. I can't run away to another country with an education system meant to enlighten rather than condition. This part of my life is over, and I want to make sure that no other child will have his or her potential suppressed by powers meant to exploit and control. We are human beings. We are thinkers, dreamers, explorers, artists, writers, engineers. We are anything we want to be, but only if we have an educational system that supports us rather than holds us down. A tree can grow, but only if its roots are given a healthy foundation. For those of you out there that must continue to sit in desks and yield to the authoritarian ideologies of instructors, do not be disheartened. 
you still have the opportunity to stand up, ask questions, be critical, and create your own perspective. Demand a setting that will provide you with intellectual capabilities that allow you to expand your mind instead of directing it. Demand that you be interested in class. Demand that the excuse, you have to learn this for the test, is not good enough for you. Education is an excellent tool if used properly, but focus more on learning rather than getting good grades. And, of course, all of these questions and and demands will never succeed with the government system. I'm not even sure that the government school taught me how to learn. You know, uh, I I think that... I think that that's what kids need more than anything is, uh, you know, the ability to learn and to uh, retain knowledge. Because it seemed like to me the government system taught me how to study for the next test. I uh, was never much for studying. I would just do the homework and I never once really studied for a test. And as a result, I didn't get the best grades on my tests. But I did okay on the homework and it was you know good enough to... Uh, to get me through, basically. And, Sean, you were telling me today that you pretty much had the opposite approach. I, I did pretty much the opposite approach. Yeah, I ignored the homework. I didn't study either. I just Nice. Read, <laughs> I, I read the chapter when the teacher said read the chapter. Uh, I and then I, And then I passed the test when the test came around. I didn't do any homework. I didn't study. I, just read I the never read once. any of the chapters in any of the textbooks uh, ever. Uh, you didn't miss I, anything. They yeah. were boring, boring, Oh, boring. I bet. Now, whenever uh, I would deal with a book, would, like one of their textbooks, would be if they there was an assignment out of the textbook. So I would do the assignment because I was doing the homework, but they would want you to you know, define some word or whatever. And so I just flip back and thankfully they'd put the words in bold usually oh, yeah. that you needed to know. So I would just find the, the words that I was looking for and then fill in the answers. Yeah, I like the math books where they had all the answers to all the questions in the back of the book. It made the homework really easy if I those, decided to Those do were it. pretty rare, and, and usually the teacher in those classes would want to see how you got to the answer. So I didn't could, do that either. Couldn't so. really get around that one. Anyway, she says that uh, education is an excellent tool but foc- uh, if used properly, but focus more on learning rather than getting good grades. For those of you that work within the system that I'm condemning, I don't mean to insult. I intend to motivate. And indeed, many of those teachers know how bad it is. Many of them are well aware of how broken the system is, but they feel powerless to do anything about it. And it's probably true. And unmotivated to do anything about it. I mean, if <laughs> you rock the boat too hard, they're going to get rid of you and you're not going to get promotions and things mm. like that. If you're looking to move up in, uh, in, the, in their, their structure there beyond being a teacher, you'd move up into administration or something like that, which is where the bucks are. Not that those people have much to do with education, quite honestly. Um, and so, you know, rocking the boat is not going to result in anything good. Oh, and this is where I just... Oh, go ahead. The the system isn't broke, and it's working just the way it's supposed to. Yes, it's true. They shouldn't try to... You can't fix what's not broke. Well, and I don't think the teachers... This is where I disagree with Erica. She says to the teachers that you have the power to change the incompetencies of this system. I don't agree with that. No. I I don't think... I mean, yeah, maybe if you had the entire teachers' association or, or the teachers' union on board with reforming the government school system, as in getting rid of the government school system and marketizing it and allowing freedom and ending the taxation and the co- the coercion that is uh, surrounding it. If you could actually have the teachers' union and all of the teachers or a significant portion of the teachers get behind that idea, yeah, they might have some clout. They might be able to make some things happen. Well, because, then they have the power. If we people- can just elect 250-odd libertarians <laughs> to Congress, it'll all be better, right? Right. So do they have the power individually? Hmm, no. Uh, as you're saying, Mark, if they speak up, and they start talking out against the, the very system that uh, butters their bread, so to speak. They could be punished. 
and they could lose their jobs, likely lose their, would be lose punished. their pensions and all of that. And it's pretty. It just seems pretty unlikely to me that there's all of a sudden going to be this groundswell of of government teachers that uh, decides to turn against the very system that uh, pays them. She just said they had the power, yeah. and they okay. do. All right. She says, I know you didn't become a teacher or administrator to see your students bored. You can't accept the authority of the governing bodies that tell you what to teach, how to teach it, and that you'll be punished if you don't comply. Our potential is at stake. For those of you that are now leaving this establishment, I say, do not forget what went on in these classrooms. Do not abandon those that come after you. We are the new future, and we're not going to let tradition stand. We will break down the walls of corruption to let a garden of knowledge grow throughout America. Once educated properly, we'll have the power to do anything. And best of all, we will only use that power for good, for we will be cultivated and wise. We will not accept anything at face value. We will ask questions, and we will demand truth. So here I stand. I'm not standing here as valedictorian by myself. I was molded by my environment, by all of my peers who are sitting here watching me. I couldn't have accomplished this without all of you. It was all of you who truly made me the person I am today. It was all of you who are my competition, yet my backbone. In that way, we are all valedictorians. I am now supposed to say farewell to this institution, those who maintain it and those who stand with me and behind me, but I hope this farewell is more of a see you later when we're all working together to rear a pedagogic movement. But first, let's go get those pieces of paper that tell us that we're smart enough to do so. We're coming up here, 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on government school or anything you want. Take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. So head on over, freetalklive.com. Now, if you like the fact that we give you all that stuff, uh, on the house, then you can voluntarily support the show by shopping with us. Just head over to amazon.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done. You know Amazon. They are the largest internet retailer on, uh, I think, the entire the entire world. It's a tremendously huge company uh, spanning the continents, uh, multiple continents. And you can go and get your shopping done. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter through that link, Amazon remembers that uh, they set a little cookie on your machine saying that you came from Free Talk Live. And then when you check out, you won't see anything. There's no indicator anywhere uh, when you're checking out that uh, money is going to be sent to us. But trust me, if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, Amazon will send a portion of their profits to Free Talk Live. So get your shopping done, get some stuff that you want, and get it shipped to you quick. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Of course, they've also got free Super Saver shipping, uh, which uh, is a great way to get stuff to you. Not so quick. But it'll be free, and that's always a good thing. In fact, I just sent a couple books to one of the activists that's in jail down in Massachusetts, uh, Capuzzo, sent him a copy of Healing Our World, and because there was five cents left to, to trigger the su- free Super Saver shipping, I went ahead and sent him a copy of Lysander Spinner's No Treason uh, as well. So did all that through Amazon.freetalklive.com. We started the show out tonight with uh, a speech 
by a valedictorian, Erica, who is uh, was graduating, Erica Goldson, graduated from Koksaki Athens High School. And Erica is on the line with us right now. Uh, Erica, are you there? Hi, how are you? Hey, good evening. Welcome to uh, Free Talk Live. Where is Koksaki uh, Athens High School? Um, it is in Koksaki, New York, uh, oh, okay. about 20 miles south of Albany. Yeah. Got it. So when you gave this speech, which, uh, you know, was at, at, at times cajoling and at, at, at times uh, uplifting, what did the um, what did the how did the staff react? <laughs> I mean, I can only imagine that they sat their mouths agape because, as I understand it, you gave them a a a, a decoy um, you know, speech. Oh, that they, yeah. So, oh, so, a decoy well, I, speech. What, wait a minute. You have I, to submit I, I the speech. Hold on. You have to submit the speech in advance. Yes. Well, my principal did ask everyone to submit their speeches in advance. Um, I don't know her intention behind it. I never really talked to her that much. But um, I felt as though I wouldn't want to submit the speech that, obviously, I just wrote. Um, So I just submitted a pseudo-speech. And afterwards, I did hear that she was very upset, which is understandable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I did get a lot of mixed reactions. Um, a lot of teachers liked it, and then a lot of teachers didn't like it. And um, I'm, I haven't even talked to the people that didn't like it. I just hear it through the grapevine, really. That's what happens. That's As many of the activists uh, up here in New Hampshire uh, have learned, when you take a position that is controversial, that's what's going to happen. Some people, some people are going to really appreciate what you do, and some people are going to be very upset about it. And there's no real way to avoid that. So I'm glad you had the courage to uh, to go forth with this because uh, it seems to have made a splash. Uh, I don't know how big of a splash across the internet, but it certainly made it to us and uh, and, and, th- and thank you for doing that. Uh, there, was there some observations well, that you. Yeah, I mean it's great that you came across the these messages while you were in government school because a lot of people realize that something's wrong. Something's very wrong uh, with this government school system, but they don't ever really figure out what it is. It's the fact that it's it's essentially a it's a monopoly almost, a virtual monopoly on schooling and well aren't we taught that monopolies are a bad thing apparently it's not the case they, they want us to believe it's not the case that it's a bad thing when it comes to the government well it's interesting that we are taught about monopolies and and all these words in social studies class but we don't actually learn about how they affect our lives today we learn about them in history but we don't actually think about today that might be affecting us so you said in your uh, speech that you're not really sure what you are, are looking to do with your life. Um, what You're going to go to college anyway, uh, even though you're not sure? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to be attending university. Uh, I figured I should try it out. I did um, go to Hudson Valley Community College for my senior year, mm-hmm. but uh, a university would probably be a, a little different. At, at the same time, I'm still going to stay in the public education system because I'm going to a SUNY school. What, what's that? So, uh, State University of New York. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still publicly funded. Um, right now, it's proving to be very bureaucratic with everything that I have to fill out and send in and whatnot. So, um, it, it'll be at least interesting to attend the school and kind of 
analyze that education system while I'm there. Well, question for you. Last night, we just so happened to be talking about education last night as well, and specifically college and how, in many cases, it's a waste of money for people. Uh, will your parents uh, or someone else or scholarship be covering you, or is this something you're going to have to be getting loans for? Oh, yeah. Well, the only reason I, I think I'm going is because my father said he'd pay for it, and okay. I did get some scholarship money. Um, I really I was saying throughout my senior year that if I wasn't getting close to a full ride, I probably would try to find an alternative because – I was overwhelmed with the high cost of education, just mm. like everyone else, and I wasn't going to accept being in debt for something I wasn't even sure would help with my life. Good for you. That's a smart move. If you've got somebody covering it for you, then it's not really a big deal to spend some time trying to figure things out inside of college. But if, if it seems to me like if you don't know what you want to do, then uh, bouncing around in a college uh, at the cost of whatever the heck it'll cost is uh, it's a pretty crazy idea, and I'm glad that uh, that you realized that. So, um, so Erica, how did you find John Taylor Gatto? What led you to him? Um, well, actually, I started writing the speech, and I was sharing it with uh, my teacher, and she actually introduced me to Gatto because hmm. what I was writing about coincided with what he wrote about, and I started reading his essays, and it worked perfectly in my speech, and I was so grateful for that. Yeah, he's. I, I haven't had a chance to meet him, unfortunately. Uh, there, there, he actually came out here to New Hampshire to give a speech at one of the, uh, the I think it was the Liberty Forum a couple of years ago. And he's getting up there in his years, but he's still, you know, obviously a brilliant man who is, uh, I think, affecting a lot of people's minds and, and uh, infecting them in a, in a very positive way. Uh, so he's from New York, as a matter of fact. I think he was the, uh, the teacher of the year for the entire uh, New York State at some point. I don't know how long ago that was, but quite the, an interesting character. Yeah, and I actually heard that he called my house phone, but I'm away from my house right now. I'm actually in Virginia, but I have to get back to him. It's just so exciting to know that a person that you referenced, that you quoted in your own speech, is calling you about it. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> yeah, so what's it? I mean, did you, you couldn't have imagined that you'd get this kind of, uh, uh, you know, hullabaloo over, over a speech at a, at a high school. I mean, there's, there's thousands of these things all across the United States, so there's thousands of valedictorian, valedictorians. It's not like yeah, you would have ever had the ex- expectations. So, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. I, when I was writing the speech, I was thinking that I wanted it to be a great speech. I wanted it to go down with Martin Luther King Jr. You know, that was my motivation in writing the speech to really put it out there and motivate people. And I did want to motivate the whole country, but I didn't actually expect that it would be come such hullabaloo, you know, like all over the internet. Um, I actually, I just posted it on my blog that someone told me, you know, I should create a blog, post it on the internet, and then someone else found it and put it on sot.net, and then it just got around, and now I'm getting contacts from people across the country, even in other countries, Mm. and it's kind of overwhelming, but at the same time, it makes me feel really great that it has inspired so many people. People have even told me that they're going to make it required reading, which, <laughs> I mean, maybe a little different from the message I was sending in my speech, but it's still pretty, pretty cool. That's well, great. You know, I, I, I just like the fact that people will be uh, being exposed to this. Everything in school is going to be required. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of the nature of it all. But Hey, I, Erica, have you ever visited New Hampshire? I have not. Oh, we've got this cool thing going on out here called the Free State Project. Have you ever heard of it? 
Well, I heard about it on your radio show earlier. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, people that uh, like the idea of yeah, setting themselves free from not just the government uh, indoctrination system, but uh, many other aspects of their coercive, violent monopoly. Uh, they're getting together out here, and, uh, and there's currently hundreds of people that have uh, have made the move, and thousands more are pledged to. I know you're not sure where you're going to go in life, but uh, boy, if we could have somebody with uh, a mind of yours out here uh, influencing people and uh, affecting things, I think that'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm I'm so ready to get involved with so many projects. People are contacting me, and someone actually today contacted me saying that they would pay for a plane flight out to San Francisco just to attend a meeting for Campaign for Liberty, and it's, it's opening up so many opportunities for me. It's great. It's fantastic. We're glad you're out there, and thank you so much for calling in tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great night, Erica. And more coming up. Hour number two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Coming up here, Mark, you're going to tell us at least one business owner's explanation as to why he's not hiring. Uh, Plus, we'll take your phone calls about anything. 800-259-9231. And, of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free, including our Uh, Free Talk Live's archives section. Uh, Right there on the front page of the website, you can click and download the last week's worth of the show. But when you click into the archives area, you'll find an entire three, I think at least three years worth, solid, maybe more than that, uh, going back to sometime in 2006, the last time I looked. And it's all free for you, but it's brought to you by HostGator. That's right. HostGator is is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at HostGator host you. Uh, instead of using a coupon code, just go to HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com and you'll receive your first month completely free. If you don't use that portal, that's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, then you won't get the first month free. That's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, let's HostGator. go to your... FreeTalkLive.com. Yes. Uh, Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. Ofer is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ofer. Hey, I'm uh, thrilled that you're actually covering uh, Erica's speech. I almost feel kind of bad changing the subject. Oh, no worries. We spent a full full hour on it, so uh, so go ahead with your thoughts. 
Well, I'm also a little annoyed that you beat us to it because Brett's interviewing her tomorrow. But anyway, well, it's I kind of it's easier that. to beat you to it because Free Talk Live is on seven nights a week, and uh, the School Sucks Project or the School Sucks Podcast rather is probably what once a week. Uh, a little less than that, in fact. Got it. Yes, I know totally. Anyway, uh, a couple of days ago, you were talking about property taxes and how uh, annoyed you were that you had to pay for them, and you wish you could find a solution. And until then, you're just kind of gritting your teeth and doing it. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much longer it. I can take it, though. I really don't. Well, it's a really tough nut to crack because it's how they get most of their money, and you have to live somewhere, and trying to take an armed stand to forcibly resist them when they come with guns is suicide and counterproductive. So it's a really tough nut to crack, and I haven't been able to find a good idea, but I did come up with three bad ones. Okay. Okay. <laughs> things not to do. Go ahead. Uh, not things not to do, but ideas that are just not really that great, but, you know, maybe they'll spark someone else's imagination. All right, sure. So the first one, uh, empty land is not very valuable, so the property taxes tend to be pretty low. Mm-hmm. So if you live in an RV on an empty lot, then at least you're dramatically reducing the amount of money that they're, that you're giving to the government and funding the activities. And I was kind of inspired by, uh, uh, what you call it, Agris uh, Acres. Uh, in that regard, because that's pretty much they're not, that's not why they're doing it, but that's what they are doing. Yeah, that idea has been floated. Uh, the idea of buying some land and then essentially turning it into a campground for the incoming porcupines. Those uh, porcupine is the uh, the mascot of the Free State Project. The incoming people that are going to move here and, and get active, give them a landing zone, so to speak, somewhere they can uh, they can get set up, get settled. Uh, that kind of thing, and then uh, refuse to pay taxes on that piece of property, and then they'd have to come and throw a whole bunch of people. If you had people camping out there, they'd have to come and throw a bunch of people off of that property in order to uh, to reclaim it, and that would be kind of an interesting situation. That would be interesting, but I, I would more recommend paying the taxes, the idea being just that you're paying far less than you would if you had a house. Well, but if and you don't if have to pay of- a lot, then why bother? Uh, because they'll still come with guns and force you off. Great, the land that'll make some great video. I mean, if they're not destroying a home in the in the meantime, if all they're doing is rousting up a bunch of campers, then that's not the it's not really a huge deal. And if it's oh. if it's RVs or whatever, they're not going to take the RVs because it's not part of the land. They can only take the uh, whatever's on the land. So if you're going to do uh, if you're going to make a stand and not pay property taxes, that would seem to be a low risk way of of uh, doing things. Oh, I'm sure it'd be lots of fun and, and interesting, and we can make the most of it, but you still have the person who bought the land losing their capital. And it, well, right. You'd be buying the land. You could that. you could have multiple people go in together, and like you said, if it's uh, if it's just land, it's probably not going to be that expensive, depending on where it is. Uh, and so if you get multiple people to go in together on it, then it wouldn't be a huge loss, and the, whatever the loss is might be worth it for the coverage that, uh, that you'd receive. Where it is is very important. I can tell you in my town that uh, it is. They, they, have, they have a couple of rules. Uh, that don't allow you to camp for more than two weeks or something like that. So uh, you wouldn't be able to live in an RV for more than uh, a couple of weeks, uh, depending on where you are. Also, so great, then they're going to call the cops to throw no you out. For... What's I'm that? sorry. If what? we're going to say no to property taxes, then we can certainly say no to the don't camp for two weeks rule. That's yeah. even less I, 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 I wouldn't, if it was my land, I'd pay the taxes on it. I like your idea of, uh, of you know minimizing these things. Um, go ahead. You said you had other ideas. Yeah, okay, so that one's practical for those who are willing to adopt that lifestyle, and some people are, in fact, doing it. Uh, But not everyone wants to do it, especially people with families. So the second idea is a little crazier. Uh, It involves deception, and that is just build a really, really small house, you know, a few hundred square feet, you know, a room and a bathroom, and that's it, uh, to show when they come over and build the rest of it underneath it and just not tell them about it. Yeah, secret trap door. 
it. Why do you think that's right. a bad idea? Uh, because, well, first of all, it only applies if you're building a new house as opposed to buying an existing one. Mm-hmm. Second, it means most of your rooms are not going to have windows, and that kind of sucks. It's true. Uh, and third, some people probably just consider it just kind of kooky on the face of it. Even though there's <laughs> nothing inherently wrong with it, it it's just a little weird. I would, I would have a door, not a trap door, and just put a, uh, you know, put a cabinet in front of it when they come over. But, there you go. Uh, that way you don't have to crawl through a trap door every day of your life, and you can still maintain a high quality of life by having a normal door. So speaking as the guy who built the house recently, I can tell you that the uh, the depending on where you are, the building inspector is going to come out a certain amount of times in order to see the the progress of things mm-hmm. going on. So if the building inspector sees a giant a hole in the ground for a house that's going to be you know six hundred square feet or something like that, then there's going to be some explanation involved. Well, you'd have to build without the inspector's knowledge, right? Yeah, that's only if they know it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you I mean, know, no one came to inspect me when I was building. I didn't get very far, but I, I also just started. I didn't like fill out any paperwork or, or tell anyone. Third just idea. Let you know. All right. So the uh, the third idea, uh, I don't really. I need some more knowledge uh, about about whether or not it will work. You mentioned the other day that it takes three years, New Hampshire, before they can come after you if once you stop paying your taxes. Oh, I don't know if that's in New Hampshire. I know that's the case in Keene. They may have different municipal rules. I'm not positive on that, so. Uh, don't quote me. Okay, well, uh, so the third idea is based on that. It's, a, it's sort of a letter rip sort of strategy where you just stop paying and see how long you can last. And then at the end of it, I was wondering, um, right before they take it, if you were to sell the house, does it still go on and sort of a lean in the house? Does it interfere with the sale or does it wipe it out? You know what I mean? Is there some trick that can be pulled? Now, um, you're going to have to, the, the taxes on the house have to be paid at the time of sale. Okay. Yeah, so the buyer so would no end up having to pay. So here's another idea. If you want cockamamie uh, ideas, here's here's another one. Um, there are living establishments where people don't have to pay property taxes. Those living establishments are called parsonages. They are attached a to, church? to uh, churches, generally. The, the preacher will, um, you know... Uh, pay to have uh, or the, the preacher will live there on the on the property and the church pays to have the the preacher you know uh, ha- have his own house and they don't have to pay property taxes on it so um you know it is quite possible to say have some kind of and, and many churches will re- will meet in people's homes i i don't know exactly how this is all going to work but it would seem to me that you could try the uh, the the church angle and the have some luck the problem with that that i can see is that they're going to require you to bow down before them and beg them for permission to be calling your house a church right so couldn't they just simply say, "This isn't a church"? Well, then they have a court case on their hand. Uh, you know, there's there's a there are hundreds of years of precedent um, in this area. Aren't you working on this, Mark? I've been looking into it. You okay. know, I'm, I, I want to, I, I, you know, making sure that every situation's uh, handled. But if you can do it, I would like to do that to my house. Too. Go ahead, over. It's probably that it requires more specialized legal knowledge to really investigate how that would work and whether it would work and what the precedents are. Indeed, it does. Hey, I do, hey, I do uh, have one last thing. Yeah, sure. I'm not entirely comfortable saying it, but I think it's worth considering, even if it's only to refute it. And that is, if they end up coming for your property, either because you're taking the stand or because you just saw them on hard times and you haven't been able to pay them and they're coming to take the house, well, if you were in a dead end, trapped in an alley, and there was a man walking down the alley, and in a minute he was going to get to you, and you knew that he was going to take whatever money you had and then leave you alone, would you stand there and wait for him, or would you take your money out and tear it up into little pieces and throw it in the air? So, like, set the house on fire or something like that? Set or? on fire, so that endangers other people, but maybe a sledgehammer? 
Or oh. Mark suggested pouring oil in the the yard. Not oil, uh, mercury. Uh, then they got a super fun situation. You could just tell them, hey, look, I've got a paint can full of mercury, and uh, the super fun can't even clean up any messes at this point. So well, it, that'll cost I, I them. I want to do it so it doesn't affect anyone else. Oh, for thanks for the call, man. You just Appreciate tell them. It. You don't actually do it. Up. Free talk live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And you can join us on our website uh, again, freetalklive.com. In fact, one of the features on the site is our webcam. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to watch and listen to the show. Plus, you can interact with other listeners because we've got our chat room built into the same page. So watch, listen, chat, all for free over at cam.freetalklive.com. And know that the cam is brought to you by memorydealers.com. Yeah, Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, add up to 99% off of list price. They also offer great prices and services on used networking equipments, such as Cisco routers and switches. Go check it out, memorydealers.com. All right, uh, so I want to get to an email here that came in yesterday, uh, early in the morning hours, and I thought it was uh, pretty important, so wanted to make sure we covered it here. And then coming up, the chalking controversy strikes uh, Keene, New Hampshire. Again, the activism here continuing to, to make waves within the liberty movement and outside uh, because of the controversial nature of some of the choices the activists are making. We'll see how you feel about that. 800-259-9231 is your, uh, the number for you to use. Bring up whatever you want or comment. Uh, Wayne emails in, guys, uh, dear Ian, you're probably a very busy person and I won't waste your time, but I've had some pretty conflicting thoughts lately, and I know you deal with people of conflicting beliefs on a daily basis. I guess in the back of my head, I already know the answer to this, but some feedback from someone like you would help. I don't have many resources all the way out here. Ever since I was a kid, I've dreamed of being in the military for the purpose of having a gun and running around like they did in the movies and all that silly stuff. Understandable, right? Yeah, I would say yeah. so. I had the same desires. When I was a young lad, I had the fake machine guns, and my friends and I would run around in the woods and rat-a-tat-tat at one another, and, ah, you got me. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, who hasn't done that as a young boy? Uh, well, you know, um, in real life, though, we, we know whether you get them or not, because yeah. big chunks of meat fly off of them, mm -hmm. and they die yeah. right there in front of you, gasping, asking for their mom. So, yeah, I can relate for sure. I, I remember that when I was in high school, I was considering joining the military. Not because I wanted to run around and shoot at people at that point, but because I wanted to have my rent paid. Uh, I just thought it, would, thought it would be cool to not have to pay rent and be able to save all that money. That, uh, they, that they don't make that me. much money, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I thought along the same lines. I was uh, getting ready to go into the military myself after high school and 
Uh, fortunately, I didn't end up there. Thank goodness, for whatever reason, right? Yeah, really. Uh, so let's continue here. He says, "Understandable, right? Yes. Well, when I got my older, when I got older, my desire to be in the military shifted from a childhood dream to some sort of nationalist idea about the glory of servitude, and then I found liberty. Yada yada. You know how that goes." He says, I dropped out of high school, got a full-time job, read and listened to a myriad of different books on liberty and the like. As fate would have it, my very best friend went in the completely opposite direction. He became a statist and joined the National Guard. The de- uh, debates we had nearly tore us apart, but we eventually got over it. He undertook a few disgusting traits, such as referring to me and everyone else as civilians, as if we were second-class citizens, which we sort of are. But after about six months and many horrific encounters with ridiculous bureaucratic hoops, which he was uh, made to jump through in the process of getting his license, he made a full 180-degree turn almost overnight. Wow. Pretty shocking, he says. Well, you know, it, it happens. When, when people, you know, people imagine the state as an efficient organization for handling problems, and it is, as long as they're not your problems. As long as, as, as you can make other people jump through hoops, be it, uh, you know, uh, going through the uh, immigration bureaucracy or whatever it is, um, you know, the legal processes, yes, it's fine to slow down other people and make their lives living hells through uh, bureaucracy. However, it's not so great when it happens to you. So down to the problem, says Wayne, I have been strongly considering enlisting in the army, not for the money, not for the benefits, but for the experience. I've always been sort of fascinated by the glory of war. A cliche statement, but a meaningful one. If I had the time to go more in depth with this idea, I've tried to satiate myself with the idea of a militia, which worked for some time, but it wasn't enough. I wanted the army experience. However, I know that I would be accepting stolen money and would ultimately be the enemy of liberty, and this I do not want. I can't seem to decide which is more important to me, liberty or this experience. On a side note, I have a pretty good job as is, healthcare, dental, 401k, commission. It's a great job considering my age and lack of government certification of ample wisdom, seeing as how I dropped out and all. I've already started buying silver, I soon want to start investing, and my good friend and I are looking at going in together to buy a place to live. Hope you can help. So here you have a man, young young man, who understands what liberty means. He's he's gotten into the movement. He's uh, self educated uh, on the ideas of freedom. But there's something that's clawing at him on the inside about wanting to be told what to do and join the military. You know, um, I first the first statement I, I always like to make is, um, look, I would prefer to have somebody who believes in liberty when when they, when they send the troops on the civilians and uh, use them to quell the population. Now the posse comitatus has been done away with from the Bush campaign. You know, I would rather have a guy who believes in liberty uh, holding an M16 on me than than somebody else. But. You know, well, wait a minute. There's a difference between believing in something and actually acting on your beliefs. Yeah, well, I mean, if he acted on his beliefs, would he go into the army in the first no. place? Well, if, <laughs> if he acted on his beliefs, sure, he, you might say he might not go, go into the army, but certainly when he was given an order to involve himself in killing uh, innocent people, At some people, point or another, not. he may not, But right? But somebody's going to. There'll be enough uh, 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids with M16s that will do what, what, it, what it is that needs to be done by the military. Well, going into the military with the ideas of liberty is a much more dangerous than just going into the military because not only are you now at risk of catching all those hard bullets with your soft body fired by the guys on the other side, but if they if you don't follow their rules, then you might end up catching hard bullets with your soft body fired by guys on your own. 
there is that possibility, although it's certainly more likely that you'll end up in a you know brig somewhere with a military tribunal and some sort of what are the courts of military justice, I guess, deciding your fate. So not only do you have the issue of, as you're pointing out, the violence that you will be uh, involved in and that could possibly end your life or permanently disable you or as you're seeing your buddies being blown to bits next to you make you go insane right for the rest and that's of your life. That, that's what that's where the, uh, the the glory of war all falls apart um, you know watch some anti-war documentaries uh, you know read uh, read the war is a racket by uh, Smedley Butler mm-hmm. um, you know there's there's a lot of st- stuff out there to you know to take a look at um, these ideas uh, I think it's um, uh, Noel uh, Juvelle or something like that. It was talking about the uh, in World War One the, the the night the Christmas night when uh, the the sides got together, played some soccer, mm. sang some Christmas songs, and then uh, went back to war. Um, you know, the next uh, next couple of days. Surreal. Yeah, it, they didn't actually fire on each other at that point, uh, pretty much because they they couldn't. They were friends now, but when you you know the when you realize that the people on the other side, they're human beings. And, There's no glory there, right? And 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 the like in Afghanistan, it, the people on the other side aren't even in the military. They're, they're they're civilians in most cases. It I've heard numbers as high as nine out of ten people that have been killed in the Afghan war had nothing to do with fighting for the other side. What would you say to Wayne? He's uh, he's a little uncertain about what he wants to do here. He's got a pretty good gig right now, and he's thinking about joining the military. Your thoughts are welcome at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up anything by dialing in toll-free, taking control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, including the uh, the archives of the show, the bulletin board system, listening options, and more. We give it all away uh, to you. Now, if you enjoy the fact that we give you the website features for free, then you can Get behind the show financially by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We will take that three bucks in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country. Just got an agreement from a new station today. Really? Uh, yeah. I hadn't heard about this. It's going to be our first one in Utah. So uh, hmm. I'm not going to I can't say more than that because, you know, it's not happening quite yet. But hopefully they'll be on board this weekend. And it's listeners like you that make the expansion uh, like that possible. So thank you in advance for becoming an amplifier. And if you are an amplifier, thank you for being one. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, and podcast, and more. Go get signed up. Uh, you can use any major credit card, PayPal, or alternative options all there at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Um, our emailer here was just talking about stocking up on some silver. And if you're thinking about getting some gold and some silver, it could be a confusing process. Do I get this numismatic stuff the salesman wants me to get? How much is the right price? I've tried to help people out with this by uh, creating gold.freetalklive.com. It will allow you to find some of the lowest prices on the Internet on uh, many gold and silver pieces. 
And uh, that way you can you can check. These are common pieces that uh, they shouldn't be too difficult uh, to, to, to price comparison. So uh, go check it out at gold.freetalklive.com. If you are bad at putting money aside, you don't have enough uh, uh, enough to get, say, 20 coins, because it's best to get 20 as far as shipping goes. Maybe you could do the layaway plan. We have a layaway plan for people who, uh, you know, just aren't very good at putting money away, uh, call 877-857-9938. I'll give you that number again. And just tell them you want to put uh, some gold and silver, 20 coins on layaway. And when once you've done, you've completed paying for them, they'll ship them off to you and then you can do it again. It's a good little savings plan. The number is 877-857-9938. 877-857-9938. Okay, so we're sharing an email uh, from Wayne who is having a, a bit of a, a dilemma, a personal dilemma, an issue uh, regarding how, on one hand, he gets the ideas of freedom. On the other hand, he wants to join the military. That, that he's got this, this desire that has been clawing at him to experience the glory of uh, being in the army. <laughs> now, is there a glory also that's attached to being in the post office? Because the the difference is that in the post office you aren't actually killing people, but they are both bureaucracies. As uh, one of the similarities is that they they are the they're a bureaucracy, and then they uh, operate in the ways that bureaucracies operate, and that's inefficient and stupid, and, and slow and expensive. Right, and... right. So really, I mean, you were talking about Wayne was telling us about how he's got a great job that he dropped out of the uh, the school system and that he's grateful to have such a a great opportunity with benefits and things like that and that he, his life is good he's looking into buying a house and, and things are good for Wayne and i don't see how it is that going into the military whatever the wing of the military in this case he wants to be in the army i don't see how that's going to improve your lot in life at all especially if you're asked to kill people especially if you yourself get harmed if you end up dying, if you end up with a, a leg that's been shot off, if you... Which is much more likely these days, um, you know... <laughs> that, that you'll live through the experience? Yeah, that you'll live through the experience and then have a life where you've just got pieces of you missing. And, uh, you know, they're missing, from your, they're missing from your heart, they're missing from your mind, and they're missing from your body. And these are the realities of war. What he's enamored with is uh, the, the, the PR, the... The, 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 the movie version. Yeah, the movie version of war. And... You know, as far as I'm concerned, you you just need to look at some different movies here, Wayne. Um, there's plenty of movies out there that have an anti-war slant to them. Take a look at a few of them and get you know get some ideas of what it's like um, being there in in those people's places. It's incredible. It's incredibly damaging. Yeah, and again, not to mention the fact that you'd be working for the military-industrial complex, uh, that you would be following the orders of politicians. That the things that you would be ordered to do would be based on their whims and their desires, and that you're, there's nothing heroic going on there. This is one of the things that has come up in the discussion about uh, some of the uh, the chalking that's been done in the park here in Keene, New Hampshire. It happened last night. Uh, the Central Square Park uh, has a soldier, a statue of a soldier in the park. It is a Union soldier. So it's a, as far as I'm concerned, it's a statue to violence. It's a statue to uh, man's inhumanity to man, uh, to these northern uh, aggressors who came down and uh, attacked. Uh, they, they slaughtered hundreds of thousands of people. Wasn't it like half a million people that died in the Civil War or something like that? I couldn't tell you what the numbers are. It seems like it was higher than that. Maybe 600,000. It was 
it was an incredible slaughter. That's for sure. it, it, more Americans died in the Civil War than any other war, and I, I do I find it offensive. I, I find it extraordinarily offensive that. Uh, uh, you know that they would put the monument to killing your own your your own countrymen right up there in the middle of Central Square. I understand there were some sacrifices be, by these guys. I, I get that but, sacrifice in vain is useless. But at the, you know, at the same time, I'm just not I'm not interested in it. I, I'm, this is supposed to be a town for everybody. Well, why is it that they get to put a statue there in the middle of it honoring something I think is reprehensible? War. Well, if, the, if these soldiers are fighting for freedom, where's the freedom? They yeah, were conscripted. <laughs> in, in, they were slaves. The, wait, yeah. in the North? They yeah. were conscripted? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So even worse then. I mean, so, so my point in bringing that up was that the, some people were saying, well, this was uh, you know, an insult to the heroic soldiers who fought for freedom, etc. You know, what this, about the guys that, these uh, cliches. that, 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 that paid uh, other people to, uh, to, to take their conscription? Because it's all you had to do was provide a warm body um, when you were conscri- uh, conscribed during the Civil War. So if you were wealthy, you could just pay somebody else to go fight for you. Uh, were, they, were they heroic or were the people that took the money and went out and fought for them? Were, were they heroic? Well, I would think that the people who believes that uh, the people who believe that anybody involved in that was uh, a hero, or the soldiers in that case were heroes, would think that the people that paid off would be cowards. I would think it's that would think that nutty. So that you know, this kind of attitude of well, they're heroes, they're fighting for freedom, and uh, how dare you deface their statue and da 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 da. This kind of uh, mentality. They've and, been dead for 150 years. And my point being that uh, they're not heroic. It's not heroic or brave necessarily or, or laudable. It may be brave to do something crazy, but uh, it's, it's again, there is kind of a line between bravery and craziness. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it's not laudable, in my opinion, or honorable to fight for a politician and their whims and their desires. It's not honorable to go and kill people around the world based on what some man in a suit in Washington, D.C. says for you to do. It's never honorable to kill people for whatever reason, uh, regardless of who's sending you to do it. Now, as you know, I would never join the military. I'm uh, I'm a Quaker. I'm against war in general. But what about... um you know what about the people that are in the military currently believe in the ideas of liberty what's the right thing to do for them i've got one of my best friends from high school has uh, been in the air force like 20 years now and you know he's he's got a, a rank commensurate with him mm-hmm. with it and uh, you know he he's a libertarian he believes in it, at least to some level in the ideas of liberty what does and and many people in the military too do you know as well as i do that ron paul was the number one candidate uh, republican candidate that, that received money the number one candidate, number one candidate yeah. to have received money from the military um, more military dollars went to ron paul than any other candidate so True. many 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 of these guys understand the bureaucracy is inefficient they understand the ideas of liberty at least to, to some level or another yet they participate in wholesale slaughter right what do you say to those guys quit stop well, yes but but then i guess the question is act on your beliefs is what i say so so some people so some people leave the military and then the military right now, the army at least, is uh, recruitment actually across the board is doing reasonably well because we've got an economic downturn. Mm-hmm. So you have people who don't believe in military, go, be, believing in liberty, going into the military to fill the slots of the people who have left that do. Because they all just obeyed what you said. They all left. And then what's you know? Then what do you have going on? A bunch of people who are going to completely follow orders. In the case of the, I'm sure many of them are oath keepers, have said that they won't 
follow an unconstitutional order. And so when the unconstitutional sense, they're getting them all the time. Well, they're going to say that you know the way they perceive it is unconstitutional. Whatever. Well, it doesn't matter to me because even if all those people quit, as you're pointing out, the military isn't going to get any smaller. But they should do it for themselves. They should do it for because it's right. They should do it because it's their belief. If you have beliefs but you don't follow them, then what does that make you? 1-800-259-9231. Might make you a coward. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Uh, The main feature on the site allows you, the listener, to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air by submitting show prep suggestions to our website. You just go to freetalklive.com, get yourself a free account, and then uh, when you see something online that you think is pretty cool and you want to share it with our listeners and possibly get it on the air, you submit it through the Submit submit Show Prep page, and then it shows up in our upcoming stories queue. Other listeners can then vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote on things, too. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of our website. So head on over there and get interactive. And uh, thank you uh, for helping create the content for our site. Without listeners like you, our site would have nothing on the front page. So head over to freetalklive.com and have fun with that because it's, uh, like the rest of our website, completely free. So we're talking about this uh, gentleman, Wayne, who emailed here. We're going to get into your phone calls here in uh, just a moment because I certainly want to hear from you if you've got something to add to Wayne. Uh, he's considering leaving his career, which he likes. He's getting paid well. He seems to be enjoying his uh, his life, his job. Uh, things are Benefits are covered. He's looking into buying a house. Things are going well for Wayne, but there's something about the army that has been attractive to him and even though he knows better logically even though he understands that this could result in some really serious consequences personal injury death um being crazy for the rest of your life with uh, ptsd or whatever just the madness that would you might be driven to insanity by uh, seeing people blown to bits nearby you or, or being ordered to kill innocent people that kind of thing uh, the the haunting that that does to some people's lives, uh, many people that, that go many through people. that, that uh, the, the eternal torment that the happens. Thing, the thing that you need to uh, to take into consideration is the, the guys who actually do the infantry work, those guys often were damaged psychologically, if not physically, mm-hmm. uh, by the military. And it, it, the, the everybody sort of gets the, the veteran status, whether they've served food or you know delivered the mail or whatever they did in the army. But it's these guys in the front line, uh, those are the ones, you know, the, the very few of them, the small percentage of the guys that actually did the fighting, those are the ones that are damaged. So I, right before we went to break, I suggested that if you have beliefs and you don't act on them, then that could make you a coward. And I want to be the first to embrace that. Because uh, I don't want to make it sound like I'm picking on the people that are in the military. There's a lot, as you pointed out, there are a lot of people in the military that believe in freedom. Ron Paul got a lot of contributions because uh, they don't want to be where they are. They didn't sign up for this, uh, that kind of thing. Whatever their reasons are, they've come to the ideas of liberty. Maybe they maybe they had them in the beginning and joined the military anyway, or maybe they came to them while they were in the military. A friend of ours, Sean, did did just that. You know, like there was just the the attractiveness of the military. And, yeah, and he, he was, was kind of in Wayne's position basically. Yeah. Although I think Sean was in a little more desperate uh, financial circumstance. I'm not positive on that. He could have made it uh, financially. He just liked the idea of being taken care of, I think. 
yeah, he wanted to take some orders or whatever. Look, uh, whatever your reason that you're there, I don't blame you for doing the job. I don't blame you for going along to get along so you can get out when it's time to get out and without being court-martialed or whatever. Although, Sean, you mentioned something, I think, during the break about being able to uh, to get out through – what was it? Um, I believe you can file as a conscientious objector after you're already in, which uh, was a way to file to get out of the draft. But I believe it's still available even after you're in and then – there's some bureaucratic process you can go through and get out. There's a fellow who did that. You can go to warisimmoral.com, and uh, I'm going to be great. interviewing him soon, actually. Fantastic. Hopefully, you will expound upon that uh, during the interview. So I don't, I don't begrudge anyone. I, I don't uh, – look, I'm a coward too, right? I mean there are things I believe in that I don't necessarily act on, that I want to act on, that I fantasize about acting on, but I don't actually do it. We mentioned earlier about property taxes. It drives me nuts having to go down there and pay the criminal gang my hard-earned money. But you follow orders and go do it. So that they can continue to aggress against my friends. These people are using my money to hurt me. They're using my money to hurt people I care about, to hurt people I don't even know. They're using my money to aggress against peaceful people, and I find it absolutely disgusting. And the more I go down there and the more I pay it, the closer I get to finally saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. But I know what that entails. I realize what the consequences might be of that action, or very likely to be, that they're going to come and physically remove me from what I thought was my home, the home that I paid for with my money, not theirs. It's not theirs. They didn't pay for it. They didn't put money into it. They didn't put time into it. I did all that. But they would just take all that away from me. And they would do it violently. And that's a scary thing. And because I'm, I haven't done that, because I believe one thing and I haven't acted on it, that makes me a coward too. But I think that, that what this process is about uh, for me is about finding courage, is about moving into uh, to courage and taking steps toward being more courageous in acting on our beliefs. So, like I say, I just want to make it clear, I'm not picking on uh, the folks in the military that believe in liberty but aren't really acting on it in the military. Because I know what that means. That means you'll be court-martialed or that means, uh, you know, possibly... Something, something un, uh, un- undesirable, yes. Uh, or as uh, Sean suggested, you know, they might just shoot you and leave you for dead out in the middle of the desert. Accidents happen. Pat I... Tillman? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard of friendly fire? Yeah. It doesn't exist on the battlefield. So... Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to embrace that uh, accusation before anybody says, yeah, you're just a jerk or whatever. Look, I'm a coward, too. But I do, I'm more courageous now in my life than I was five years ago. And uh, I hope that as more people get here to New Hampshire and get active within the, the liberty movement, they will see other people being courageous, like David Kr- uh, Krause today uh, was in court for, uh, for standing in front or sitting down in front of a police car. David Krause encouraged me to do the very same thing. It was his actions that inspired me to find that level of courage within myself to move forward. Maybe my actions will inspire others, and others in the future will inspire more, and so on and so forth. And then we get multiple people together to take little baby steps to being more courageous in their lives, and we'll see waves of change result from those little baby steps. Because the more people that take those little steps, the more significant things can happen. I really, truly believe in that. So I wanted to make I absolutely clear. agree. I mean, a small portion of the population, you know, taking a stand can can have an effect, whether it's, uh, you know, inside the political process, outside the political process, whatever. Let's go to your phone calls. Andrew is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sean and Mark. 
Andrew, New Hampshire, going once. Greetings, guys. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Um, you guys were talking about uh, churches and uh, tax exemptions for churches a little earlier, and that's one thing I wanted to talk about, and I also had something else I wanted to talk about. Certainly. Um, and in, in New Hampshire, um, pretty much if you have um, uh, a church, parsonage, uh, worship house, um, the buildings and the land, uh, as long as they're used for the religious purpose, um, are tax-exempt. Um, the only thing is with that is the state of New Hampshire, um, and I'm sure other states around the country, only recognize either incorporated uh, churches or recognize you know, mm. churches that they recognize, and they have to be essentially mainstream uh, popular. Uh, so you've got to bow down to the man in order to get their, uh, their exemption. So, for well, instance, as a Quaker, I may not... Uh, I may not believe in the auspices of uh, the, these men ruling over other men, and so therefore there would be no way I would go and incorporate my church. Right, but it, it, funny you should say that. Quakers actually in New Hampshire are recognized as a religious body. Whether or not your specific meeting might be recognized as you know, a Quaker uh, meeting um, you know, would be kind of up for debate. And you know, it, it pretty much comes down to whether or not the local tax assessor is going to say, hey, these guys are, you know, these guys are, you know, a Quaker meeting house, or, you know, these guys are just a bunch of people getting together trying to skirt our tax laws. Well, um, it really, yeah, that's, the guy can say whatever he wants to say, and then there's, uh, you know, an opportunity to, to, to battle it out in court. There's, yep. it's no doubt that this isn't going to be necessarily easy. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it's a possibility. Um, when you start looking at the court costs, and then, <laughs> I was just with a friend today who's looking at uh, at property in Keene, New Hampshire, the taxes on the houses he was house he was looking at was $15,000. It's not too many uh, uh, years worth of 15,000 16 actually it was 157 uh, $16,000 that to pay the lawyer. Right, to, to pay the lawyer. So, yeah. you know, these it it depends on the scenario. Mm-hmm. The, I I think that the town has very tenuous footing by saying, well, no, they're not a real religion. I mean, right. for God's sake, <laughs> these yeah, silly stories all... that people believe as religions, I mean... Well, this yeah, might be a good use for the... You have a group of people who have been meeting for a long time, and they can say, hey, look, we've been meeting for, you know, X number of years, and, you know, we've been, you know, meeting all all around, and this is this is our meeting place, and if you want to come down and check it out, because the other thing is... is they have to be public um, uh, worship places, so you can't have just your little pri- private, you know, religious club. But you have right, to have a- I'll tell you what. I know you had something else you wanted to discuss, yep. Sean. Do you want to get into that comment? Uh, yeah, I was going to say this might be a good use for the accusations of there being a free keen cult. <laughs> the Church of Freaking. <laughs> We're coming up here. We'll bring Andrew back. Also, talk to you about whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves at 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Hour number three is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK.
is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you've got uh, trouble losing weight, you, you don't you don't have time in your schedule to make it to the gym. You you're terrible at diet, dieting, like I am, and you know the pant sizes just keep on getting bigger. You don't know what to do about it. Try Lumathin Plus. It's uh, it, you can go to lumathinplus.com. Check it out. I've got uh, scientific studies there and all that stuff. But it is a product that has worked great for me, and I think it'll work for you. Lumathin Plus at lumathinplus.com. .com. You don't have to change your your lifestyle in any way. Just take a pill a couple of times a day or two pills, depending on you know how much weight you want to lose. Lumathinplus.com. All right. We're going to continue taking your phone calls. And then coming up, Mark, you're going to explain to us why one business owner is not hiring. Uh, but first, your calls. Andrew's in New Hampshire. Uh, continuing his thoughts from earlier. Uh, Andrew, what, what's, uh, what else did you want to share with us tonight? Uh, I just want to touch on the uh, thing you said before you went, uh, went to the news. Um, you mentioned that, you know, some people have claimed that there's a free king cult, and I was just wondering if you were going to have uh, people dress up in all black and uh, drink Kool-Aid, because I, I know that there's a, a meteor shower uh, happening. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Yes. But, um, yeah, my second point that I wanted to talk about is um, absolute truth and uh, relative truth. And I bring that up because I had uh, studied communication at uh, the University of uh, New Hampshire. And one, one thing that stuck with me that a uh, teacher taught uh, at one of our, I think it was one of our, like, interpersonal communication classes was the, uh, the concept that um, communication between uh, two living uh, people is uh, negotiated and therefore is relative because um, I can't convey the same message to another person um, because that person has, you know, a different mind, a different mm-hmm. life experience, a different knowledge base. So they have to take my message, interpret my message, and then for, therefore come to some determination of what I'm saying. And then they also will, you know, do the same back. And most uh, communication is negotiated. And it brings, you know, up the um, notion of absolute truth and relative truth because a lot of times I think people conflate the notion of absolute truth, um, and they mis- you know mistake that mistake uh, relative truth for absolute truth. So, as relative in, truth would be the truth as you see it. Absolute truth would be some sort of an objective truth. Right, and and, and in communication, um, the, the thing that our teacher taught us is there might be absolute truth, but there is uh, if there is, there is no way that anyone can communicate it um, effectively or at all because. Um, everyone's going to have a different idea, a different knowledge base, and a different way to communicate. So there's no way... And everybody else that's listening is coming from a different perspective, not the exact same perspective as the speaker. And so, therefore, uh, if I may, uh, one of the reasons why I like to... I I think that one of the keys to being a good communicator, being a good listener uh, specifically, is to uh, restate what you've been told. So uh, So the person who's attempting to communicate to you 
will understand, will will have some ideas to whether or not you even comprehended uh, what it was that was being explained to them. Whether whether you uh, the person you're explaining it to has accepted it as truth or not is another question. But getting them to even understand what it is that you're saying is really the the first most important part in in communicating. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would, and there's various other techniques that people um, use to determine whether or not people have understood what they said. Because, I mean, people have always been in different interactions with other people. They think they have communicated themselves effectively, and they're about, you know, 5, 10, you know, 15 minutes into the conversation, and then they realize, well, this person has no idea where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. They have no idea what I'm trying to tell them, and they totally missed what I was trying to tell them. Um, And looping it back to uh, absolute um, uh, relative truth is, um, I, I think it's important for people to realize that um, people have the ability to kind of negotiate maxims or kind of um, a scale of relative truths. Uh, most people agree in the world that killing other people is wrong. You know, there's kind of, you know, shades of gray set up or, you know, scale set up that, well, if you kill someone... Um, because they were going to kill you, then that's a lot better than, well, if you just go out and just shoot someone for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, I, I think the problem with um, that, you guys were talking about organized religion the other night, um, I think the problem with organized religion is a lot of times people put um, the the faith in either um, religious texts or religious leaders yeah. that they ascribe absolute truth to what that person is saying. Indeed. And I, I've belonged to um, a uh, congregational church in Exeter. I, I don't go regularly, at, if at all, mainly for um, holidays now, but um, the one thing I liked about the church was the congregational church is kind of set up as a meeting and that the, you know, your thoughts you know, and your prayers are between you and, you know, God. And then you have the, the minister who's basically just there to ascribe teachings or lessons that will help you to understand and make sense of things that happen in the world. And I think that's good that if people, you know, and everyone has their own face, and I'm not going to say that, you know, one is better than the other, and that's kind of part of my you know, thought process, but if people can understand that other people have different beliefs and that they're going to ascribe certain um, uh, kind of truths or, you know, priorities to those beliefs um, that, you know, they shouldn't kind of knock those down. I mean, Mark, Mark makes a good point that you don't just kick someone's, you know, whole belief structure out from under them without giving them something else because, it's a very dangerous thing because if someone's kind of built up their whole way of life on a belief structure that, you know, maybe a lot of people feel is flawed, if you don't give them something else, then they feel lost. Um, Then they feel Mm -hmm. resentful or um, other, you know, uh, There's only great. so much you can do, though, right? Because if you're right. uh, if you're being iconoclastic, as we are in many cases on this radio show, uh, it's mm-hmm. one of the hallmarks of uh, what we do here. Uh, we try to to suggest alternatives, certainly to the ideas of uh, the coercive government, the violent monopoly that we're used to dealing with, the state of fill in the blank, United States, etc. Uh, we come up with uh, with possible solutions, but if you're 
if you're balking so much at the idea in the first place, I mean, how well are you going to listen to? Yeah, what you're not going to listen anyway. I mean, the, it's no overnight the co- process. cognitive dissonance is going to uh, kick in, and it's going to kick in so thoroughly uh, that you know, they're not. You're not going to knock their belief system out from under them. You're, they're just not going to listen. <laughs> right, they're just going to be outraged and uh, turn it off. But eventually, after you chip away long enough, uh, something could happen. And after multiple people chip away from different angles, different communication methods, uh, different techniques, and things like that, then you can really start to see change in somebody as they've had time to really chew on the ideas they've been presented with because nobody it's very rare that somebody is going to as our emailer suggested earlier have a 180 degree turnaround uh during an overnight you know, just- no and that's very difficult i mean for for me i i kind of came to the ideas kind of slowly in that i was more I, w- I would say in my heart i was more liberty-minded but i kind of had been indoctrinated and had the belief you know of, of a more status belief and I think one of the things that has stuck with me, I don't know what specifically turned me around, uh, other than being friends with uh, uh, Brad Jardis, who's been on your uh, show frequently that many people know, um, but, you know, in talking with him, is just the concept that, you know, essentially the, co- the Constitution and laws are just words on paper, and people ascribe certain level of reverence and uh, idolatry to them, and it's that, a cult. It's a religious belief system. It, it yeah. is. And, 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 you know, one thing that I learned, you know, one thing that we talked about in my, I took uh, two First Amendment classes uh, for my dual major uh, in college of the religion and law in America is essentially the equivalent of belief in the state, you know, is a religion. I mean, if you believe in the state, it's the exact same if you believe in original absolutely religion. it's a fantastic idea fantasy oriented it doesn't exist in reality only human beings exist and, and in this case they're usually a bunch of strangers that are willing to use force and violence on others and andrew thanks for the thoughts i appreciate Thank it you. tonight 800-259-9231 take control of the airwaves free talk live have you been thinking about starting a website i'm going to tell you about a great offer from hostgator HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com is where you want to go. We've got a lot of features, and they're free, including our news updates. You get signed up, we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Get the updates via your email box, Twitter, Facebook, whichever way works best for you. Sign up for it. It's all free at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done by their attorney. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and it's so easy the average eighth grader can go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. All the talk in the world uh, about what's wrong with the system doesn't fix the system. Going to court? 
you can do that. Jurisdictionary.com. All right. As we continue with your phone calls about what you want, let's go to Erod listening in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Erod. Yeah, so uh, tonight I understand there's going to be um, three planets in alignment which are going to be visible, Mars, Venus, and Saturn. And as your previous caller also said, there's going to be a meteor shower. But that reminded huh? me of... St- I don't think we had any, but do you guys recall yeah. it? Somebody, said, somebody mentioned the meteor shower and said we should dress all in black and drink some Kool-Aid. Oh, I remember hearing that part. Okay, thank you for uh, reminding me about that. Anyway, go ahead, Rod. Sorry. <laughs> right, yeah. So there is going to be a meteor shower tonight. Anyway, that just reminded me of a uh, incident that happened several years ago that I'd like to share. Uh, at, at the time, um, I had my kids in a private school, and um, tuition was getting kind of high, and um, I uh, kind of negotiated with the... Uh, you know, with, with, with the um, with, uh, the dean of the school to let me go ahead and teach the science class. You know, I'm an engineering background. You know, and I, and you know, I'm kind of sciencey kind of guy. You know, my brother's actually a physicist, and so I was teaching sixth grade science. Okay, and so this year it was it was the Leonid meteor shower, and I forget exactly what the frequency of the um, uh, of when that meteor shower comes around. But that year it was supposed to be particularly spectacular. So as being a sixth grade science teacher, you know, of course, that's just, you know, a perfect situation, you know, the, you know, great topic to talk about. So my assignment was for the classes to go out and look at this meteor shower. So I took my two kids, you know, my sixth grader and I had a fourth grader, and I found a spot that I thought would be a great spot out here, you know, just outside of Atlanta. Uh, and so I went out there probably close to midnight. So I'm out there, you know, and, 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 and obviously there was a bunch of other people who probably had the same, the same idea that I did. Mm-hmm. We're in this big clearing area, you know. And so here we are, and it was probably about 100 to maybe 150 people out here. Wow. You know, close, close to midnight, okay. And we are watching this spectacular celestial light show that the heavens are putting on. Hmm. I mean, the meteors were every few seconds, you would just see Neat. them just shooting everywhere. Hmm. And everybody was having a great time. Yeah, it sounds like it. Until the cops showed up. Oh, geez. I was just I knew that was coming. Until everybody out the park, blue lights on, every, and we, they were just herding everybody out of there. And I'm telling you, it was the most disgusting display of abuse of a so-called authority. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, now hold on, Erod. Now, let me see uh, if I can guess here. It was a park, so it was so-called public property, but that it closed at a certain time of night, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, now it, was, it was part of the, the Civil War National Battleground area, which is not a typical park. I mean, it was a big clearing area. They have, you know, trails for horses and what have you, but a big clearing area. And, yes, it did say close at dusk, okay? It actually did say that sure. somewhere. They, yeah, right. it's, easy, it's an so easy what? way for them to get away with uh, doing that. You know, you, you oh had to pay gosh. for this park, and it's nice to be able to go out, and, and it's a great place to watch meteor and showers. And do, uh, do what? Exactly. is essentially a science experiment, a, a science field trip, basically, that uh, gets kids interested in astronomy and uh, the celestial happenings, uh, and these cops just crapped all over that. They crapped over everything. And the thing about it is, though, okay, so we're all out here, and, and you've you, you got to keep in mind here, this area, I mean, there's a low crime rate. I mean, this is, it was solid middle class, I mean, within a two-mile radius. Homes are ranging from anywhere from 250000 to, you know, half a million dollars. Okay, this is solid middle class. This, it wasn't as though these were kids out there smoking pot, right, drinking, right. loud music. We had kitties and strollers. These were families uh. out here, you know. And 
So what? The park closed. The cops knew what people were doing out there. They could have used discretion. They yep. could have just seen what people were doing. I mean, my God, this is every 10 years you get to see right. this. But the cops said, no, no, you wait 10 years, little Johnny. You cannot see this Man. light show, these things that was happening. It was disgusting. It, yeah. it sounds disgusting, and I'm sorry that that had to happen. But what I'm most sorry about is that the, uh, the mass of people you had got up and obediently went away at the police's demand can you imagine can you imagine if those people just said the hell are you talking about go find some real criminals get lost you losers can't you you see what we're doing here oh you're under arrest fine go ahead take me in i'm taking this to a jury trial and we'll see what the jury thinks about you throwing me out of a public park in the middle of the night for bringing my kids out to watch the meteor shower exactly yeah that would have been great wouldn't it (laughs) Yeah, it would no, have, but it yeah. would have required people to actually, uh, you know, not obey these men in the uniforms, the men in costumes, and to actually uh, take a little bit of risk in their lives. And that's where I'm saying if people just take a little bit of risk together, they can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, if if everybody, if even, you know, 50% or 25% of those 150 people had decided they were just going to stay right where they were, it would have given the cops a real difficult time. It sure would have. Thank oh, you, Erod, for the story. Okay. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. And uh, if, if they did sit down, the cops would have taken him to the jail, and they would have never gone to a jury trial because the cops would have known that this was the, a, a stupid overreach of their power, and they shouldn't have done it in the first place. You think they would have dropped the charges? They'd have dropped the charges, and everybody would have been hauled off in a paddy yeah. wagon. Make so. them arrest a bunch of people and their kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, the press on that is not going to be good, and you know these people had video cameras and still cameras mm-hmm. and. Whatever they needed to to record. I don't know how long ago it was, but but, uh, certainly, uh, you know, it it seems likely. I mean, you think the stories about uh, little girls in their lemonade stands being busted up by the police are bad. This is that exact same category writ large. Multiple people, lots of young people uh, enjoying a night out in the park, watching the sky. Just just despicable, despicable police should be ashamed of themselves. Oh, we're just doing our jobs. Uh, the rules are the rules. The law is the law. If you don't like the rules, change them, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. As, right. If, as if the city council could change, could actually change the rules, um, you know, to say, well, on nights that there are major celestial occurrences, the park will be open yeah. until, uh, you know, all night long for people to view, but only for that purpose. I mean, it's, it's stupid. They could. It just it doesn't even make sense that they would do that. But then you've got to go and you've got to beg the city council. You've got to invest all this time and effort into getting them to hopefully change their precious little system. And it's just horrible. Of course, you're assuming this is a city park. He said this was a Civil War battleground. It might yeah, very it well be a federal state park. State or federal, yeah. In which case, hey, give up. You're, you're done. You're There's no chance there. 1-800-259-9231. We're going to continue. We will take your calls about absolutely anything. And then, if we get a chance, Mark, you're going to share with us a business owner's perspective on why it is he's not hiring right now. 800-259-9231 is the number. And we're brought to you by SACL CAI. Take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. The 
show is Free Talk Live, and that means that you can dial in toll-free and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free. We've got a lot of stuff there, and we give it away, including our listening options, live streams, broadband and dial-up versions, uh, airing 24 hours a day, Free Talk Live. So if you miss the show live, you can always tune into the live streams or, of course, go grab our podcast. Also, listen lines that allow you to call in via any phone that can dial long distance. Get all the details and get listening over at listen.freetalklive.com. John Shaw and Osborne from Think Twice Productions team up once again with the mighty Stefan Molyneux to present a brand new epic video. The Sunset of the State. See it now at thinktwicenews.com. It's thinktwicenews.com. I was actually hanging out with Osborne today. Well worth your eight minutes, The Sunset of the State. It is. It, it, it's great. Yeah, it Maybe is. Maybe nine minutes, but well worth it. Yes. Uh, so we go to your phone calls. Charles is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Charles. Charles, New uh, York? Uh, Hello. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, here you are. Go ahead. Um, yeah, one thing I would like to address is I, I've had a, I actually run a page on Facebook called the Common Sense Movement, and I have a lot of friends who are socialist, communist, call whatever you want. They want big government. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed is that they always say that being a capitalist, being a libertarian, I hate poor people. And what I always try to explain to them, and they never understand, is how things like the minimum wage... Uh, how tariffs, how they actually hurt the poor, how they actually hurt the middle class, and how the rich are not uh, getting richer, and how the poor are getting are getting richer due to capitalism. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, if I necessarily would jump behind the the term capitalism, and we've certainly discussed that many a time on this program, simply because it uh, has. A lot in of baggage. Mi- yeah, and in, the, in people's minds, it comes along with the idea of being this kind of. Uh, Really, let's see, what's the best way to put it? Robber Baron, I suppose, uh, just using their wealth to crush other people under their boot, etc. When when you're talking about capitalism, you're just talking about using capital, investing it uh, in order to make return on your investment and, and thereby continue uh, to be able to pay your employees and that sort of thing, right? Uh, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the free market in general. Um, people starting their own business, yes, but yeah, what you were saying, yes. So what's uh, what's your concern? Is that you feel like you're miscommunicating? Uh, how can we help you? Well, well, I feel that uh, that I feel that people are today not listening to the. I feel people uh, just look at things from the cover. For example, um, for the example of the minimum wage law, um, they think of that as a way to help the poor, yet they don't realize that all it's done is increase unemployment rate for teenagers, seniors, adults, uh, minorities, and people with criminal records. Right. Well, what they don't realize at the fundamental level is that force cannot solve these problems, and that force, which is what government is, has unintended consequences. So the intentions are good. With a minimum wage, their intentions are to help the poor. But what they're not understanding is that by using force with the intention to help the poor, that they are actually making things worse uh, for those people. Yeah, when you have a minimum wage, it, it, it 
almost directly causes unemployment. Well, you can see is all you have to do is look at the correlative data. It's there. It's relatively easy to find. How many, you know, does unemployment go up after uh, after minimum wage laws are, are raised? Yes. The answer is yes. Every time it does knock people out of the uh, out of the workforce. So well, I seem to recall the minimum wage was raised a couple years ago. And uh, look at where we are. So I, I wouldn't blame it all on the minimum wage. But no, but. But what you end up getting is these people that are very anti-corporation, and I am also uh, anti-corporation, but I'm not anti-business. Uh, and you get you get these people that are very anti, uh, you know, big corporation. But the the policies that they support in the name of helping the poor are actually helping out the corporations at the cost of poor people, at the cost of people being able to be entrepreneurs and start their own businesses. Uh, it's just it's so sad because they're actually advocating uh, for policies that are against what they really believe in. Exactly, and regarding uh, and regarding, they always say, "Oh, you're just." Uh, one of my friends always says that um, being a libertarian, I am a corporate whore. I was, I, I, I was telling him that you do realize that the reason why monopolies were even began is in the 1700s, businesses would bribe kings, kings and queens to give them certain powers um, that would make them have all the power to do the business that they are doing in the area, and they wouldn't have any competition. And we have that with government today through government subsidies, special tax breaks, tariffs, and even laws like the minimum wage law, they make it harder for new businesses to come into the show and join in. Now, Ch- Charles, I, I, think with the, I think the biggest problem you're having is likely your use of diction. In order to could talk to people, you need to speak their language. And if you're using terms like uh, that, that sound capitalism. to them, right, capitalism, um, if you're using terms that sound pro-corporate to them, you need, what, uh, you need to f- create a foundation. And I think a way that you could create a foundation with them is, no, I'm against capitalism. I'm for free markets. Because capitalism could just as easily be defined as uh, you know, collusion between the government and large corporations to get what they want. Um, How about telling them you're against corporations? And, and, oh, that's right, one that's going to throw them for a loop. T- tell them you're, I'm against corporations. I think corporations is a veil created by the government in order to protect in order to uh, protect people against the, the consequences of their own actions. To protect specifically the business owners yeah. that are abusing uh, their employees. Abusive business owners from the consequences of their actions. If you said, uh, if you used terminology like this and spoke to them on their level, then they could hear you. But when you when they hear you saying things like capitalism's good and corporations provide uh, n- necessary things to the marketplace, well, you know the, their confidence is in you and is is shattered. For one, corporations didn't really even exist a hundred years ago. Uh, there, I think a hundred years ago there were five corporations in the state of New York, and they were all public service uh, oriented kind of things. Mm. Corporation is a relatively new thing, and yeah, I could be a little wrong on my dates on this. Somebody probably needs to check me, but. Uh, you know, it's a relatively new thing in in history. We don't need corporations in order to uh, you know to take care of people. Uh, I agree with that, and also, uh, but the thing is, they totally ignore the power of what the good has business have done, and they ignore how uh, devices, how for profit, how doing things for profit, such uh, like how they always say the poor are getting poorer due to the free market and things like that. 
what they fail to recognize is all the good that we have today that we didn't have 30 years ago. Well, it's, fa- it's fallacious that there is a free market. But, but, There's not a free market. I, but it's, it's ab- they're sure. right when they say that um, it's more difficult to run a family now um, than, it, than it used to be. People did make more real dollars in the past. They're correct in that. And unless you can speak to them on that level, you're not going to get anywhere. They're absolutely right. The middleman and, and the poor people are, yes, technology is getting cheaper, but the middleman and uh, the middle income and the poor people are becoming more scarce because the rich are controlling the government and getting more money funneled to them. Well, I was able to, well, I was explaining that to them in two ways. The first way was that I was explaining how the rich are getting richer due to government as they're uh, using government as a tool for that. Uh, the second was inflation and how governments run away spending on wars in Iraq, yeah, that's right. on entitlement programs, sure. and how that is devaluing our dollar. Our dollar today is worth, I believe, four cents the dollar of 1913. Yeah, that's about but right. Don't, don't let them trust Something don't, in those areas, yeah. Don't let them get away with saying that the free market is making poor people poorer because there is no free market. Uh, what you have is a regulated marketplace, and the regulations are designed to keep poor people out of business, to keep them working a job for their entire lives. That way they can't be uh, entrepreneurial and create their own businesses because the bottom rungs of the economic ladder of affluence have been knocked out by the government people who are preventing them from getting, uh, you know, getting into business but with things like regulations and licensing and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know how open-minded your friends are, but if you could do like a book trade with them or something, this might be a way to to kind of get some ideas in, into their heads where you would offer to read one of their books, like, you know, something awful that they would give you, and then you would give them uh, something like... Communist Manifesto. Yeah, of course. That's communist what they would, Manifesto. Right, where you would be willing to read some sort of tripe like that in return for them reading uh, The Healing Our World by Dr. Mary Ruart, which really comes at the ideas of liberty from a caring, compassionate perspective and really shows people, I think, that are coming from the perspective of wanting to help the poor, how it is that the government programs that are supposedly designed to help the poor are actually hurting them and how regulations and things like that are hurting the poor and keeping them poor. And I thank you for the call tonight. And by the way, uh, Dr. Mary Ruart's Healing Our World is available through her website at ruart.com. More coming up. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features on the site for free, and if you want to help support the show, you can do that, too, by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll get a whole list of things that uh, allow you to get this show into more ears around the world. Go to promote dot freetalklive.com as we go to the phones and the fun. Keith is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Keith. Keith, Georgia? Um, hey, so I was... Uh, you reminded me of a topic, talking to the, the Gutter guy, and I want to change subject from what I was going to originally bring up, and that's about uh, copyrights. Sure. And I have a series of stories that I'm writing, and a, ser- you know, a series of... Um, 
intelligent work. So you said you weren't for that, but I write, let's say, you know, a video game. I make it about Mario and Luigi, and all these characters have all this background. Isn't that part of a copyright? I mean, isn't that something I want to protect and so that nobody else can leech off of it and make money from it? How is that bad? How is what bad? Pr- pr- protecting your ideas? Yeah, protecting it so no one else can... Well, it's, it's bad because you're, you're using the government to aggress against people that have, uh, have utilized your ideas. Uh, I think that once you put an idea out publicly, it's no longer yours anymore. You've released it uh, to, the, to the world, to the ether. And if somebody wants to use those ideas, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Have you heard of fan fiction before? Yes, I have. So do you think that those people are all criminals that uh, deserve to be thrown in jail cells? But that, the, the fan fiction is, it's based, it's, it's rooted where everyone knows where the characters originally came from. Okay, great. Oh, excellent. Okay, now the, um, the using, using a, um, you know, an idea is one thing, committing fraud is something else. So if you use, say, um, I don't know who owns uh, Luigi and, and Mario or whatever, but if you use Nintendo's uh, trademark, you're committing fraud. You're saying that I am, the, uh, you know, I am the original ruler of, uh, of this or the creator of this, and, uh, you know, the, 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 these are, this is all, um, you know, looked at by these folks as uh as as right and true and that's misleading people so you would have to use the characters and then let people know at the same time clearly that this is sort of a fan work um using the using the original characters or a satirical work or whatever but legally now that that can't be done of course it can't well you, you, i mean it can't unless somebody doesn't do anything about it which is the case of fan fiction well, of course, the fan fiction folks aren't generally making money off of the the uh, the fan fiction. What if the there? fan fiction was so good? I mean, I don't know about Chad Vader uh, that you know the the, the Chad Vader uh, you know night night shift manager or whatever yeah. he is. Okay. Yeah, I, you know that's an awesome bit. Maybe he has made a few bucks on that. There's I plenty of people should. that have done yeah. some. Yeah, you know he's he's using uh, Lucas's uh, you know the the most feared villain in the world. He's using him to profit. Yeah. Well, no, I mean it's clear and obvious that. It's just a satirical work, and it's meant for fun, and if he makes a few bucks doing it, awesome. Yeah, how does it take away from you, the original creator? Uh, like, for instance, I love the, fa- the Chad, Chad Vader example because it's such, it's such brilliant parody and uh, use, the use of a character in a bizarre circumstance. It's great. Uh, but, uh, you know, how does that take away from George Lucas? Or even if he'd actually made another Star Wars movie that uh, was in the same vein as Star Wars, if, if he could do it better than... Well, that's competition, man. Well, you know, now that you bring that perspective, my only fear really is, I mean, I, I would need some type of establishment to say this series of events with these specific characters developed in this such way is mine. They're what, that way, there are some legal establishment that, I pro, uh, that I'm the person that is supposed to be profiting from this. Well, if you're to the market first with your idea, then that's you win uh, from that perspective in that, uh, as Dr. Mary Ruard has pointed out from her uh, career in uh, health, uh, the health field, uh, the pharmaceuticals specifically, she, that before they, they had these patenting protections on pharmaceuticals, there was a very vigorous marketplace in creating uh, solutions for people, creating these chemical solutions for people in that 
the uh, first company to hit the marketplace with whatever the chemical was would be the company that was best, typically best rewarded for it, uh, even though anybody else could come up with a generic equivalent right after it hits the, you know, reverse engineer it and hit the marketplace with their own uh, cheaper version. The original company, even though they might be charging more, was still able to succeed because they got the renown from having uh, hit the marketplace first with that. And in the same way, you'd be the first person hitting the marketplace with your characters and your ideas and uh, and if you'd written a good story then you'd I would presu- presume you would be rewarded for it if the market valued what you were doing in the same way that uh, when the market sh- the market tells us it values what uh that uh, we're doing, our listeners tell us that uh, they value what we're doing by getting behind the show by the via the Free Talk Live AMP program. It doesn't stop somebody else from calling their show Free Talk Live. They could do that if they wanted to. Somebody did. They did, yeah. And they, well, anyway, we don't want to talk about uh, what happened to them. But uh, nonetheless, we they, didn't sue them. <laughs> they did, and we didn't do anything about it. So, uh, and we're still here, and everything's fine. Any other thoughts? Um. Well, the, the thing that I was going to bring up first was, now this is a creative idea, is um, stopping, now it's not like we can do this, but stopping the uh, giving our children names based on their gender and what that would do to a population and what that would do to the way people make prejudiced assumptions about others. But wait, wait, when you say right. stopping giving people names based on their genders, would you mean making an active effort to reverse a uh, typically uh, gender-rolled name like Michelle, uh, calling, say, a male Michelle? Or I've would heard you of mean, that. Or would you mean, like, using names uh, that are kind of uh, ambiguous about, uh, like, like Kim, for instance? There yeah. are men named Kim uh, out there, but maybe that's simply because somebody decided, I'm going to call my son Kim, and then it started a trend. I don't, I don't know how that stuff starts. What do you exactly I believe it's a French name actually kim yeah uh, I, I was wondering what your thoughts on were basically if we called a boy rachel or called uh, a girl uh steve Tyrone or something like that <laughs> and what that would do psychologically I'm against it just because, um, you know, a name sp- should be an asset. Uh, you, you know, you're, you have this opportunity to do something good or bad for your, um, for your child. You could name them uh, Poopenstein, and then, <laughs> uh, you know, and life is going to stink uh, comparatively. The, the Boy Named Sue song, um, you know, comes to mind. And, uh, you know, I, I see no reason to do that to your child. This is my daughter, Chuck. <laughs> I mean, the gen- gender roles are, are pretty well laid out. People seem to, to to generally be okay with them. I don't see any reason to to throw that to the wind. Uh, you know, I mean, these I, I named my son Jack. I felt like it sounded like a simple, strong name, as opposed to Jacqueline. R- right, right. Jacqueline probably wouldn't have been that great. Um, so actually, Jackson is what he uh, was named. But I I really just built a name around uh, the name Jack because my wife and I liked it. So. So, so I'm against that. Uh, Jack is Jack's son. No, who's Jack? It's Jackson. So, uh, Sean, how do you feel about the idea of these reverse gender role names? I, I think you're you're inviting your child to be harassed incessantly in the government school system. Well, presuming you're going to send them to a government school, assuming of course you send them there. Uh, look, hey, Don't I went to private. Anyway. I went to private school for nine years uh, of my life, and you, you would have been just a harassed there, just as harassed there. So, should gender roles be solidified? Forget the names altogether. Uh, should the should the roles be solidified, or uh, rather, stray to a particular end? 
I think people should do what they want to do. Um, I am going to, as a parent, provide what I can in, in you know for, in life for my child, and one of the f- best things I can provide initially is a good name. You know, I I appreciate uh, where you're coming from, Keith, on this. Uh, in that, I I, I I agree with you in that I think some gen- I think generals in many cases are very silly. I think they're contrived, and I think that uh, I think that the the idea behind what you're where you're coming from I think is is solid. I think that the idea that girls should like pink and boys should like blue is is pretty ludicrous, and I think that things that we can do to uh, to change that are important. Uh, Mark, you were saying that your son wanted to play with a dollhouse the other day, and you were upset about that, and that's a perfect example of how you're you're pigeonholing him into a certain viewpoint of what you believe a, a boy or a man should uh, should be interested. It's in. It's partially but, that, but I just don't have the real estate in my house for a, another big toy. But here's my suggestion for you, Keith: is that if you're really serious about fighting these gender roles. You shouldn't use your children for your experiment. You should go oh. and change your name and start introducing yourself as Sharon or you know something else like that. Uh, get Kelsey, I, you know. My goal was to solidify them, actually, or not solidify them, but um, not try to blend them. To rather. blend them? Yeah, because I was debating with someone else that they should be blended and that male and female shouldn't. There should be no distinguishment rather than the physical aspect altogether. Or phys- the physical aspect, and that's it. I mean, mentally, you know, psychologically. So you're, um, you're talking about a multi generational experiment where, which would require a lot of people to participate in reversing the uh, the names to where the names would be used so frequently with both genders that there would no longer be a precept to when you hear the the name Michael that uh, you're talking about a male as opposed to Michelle that you're talking about a female. You're talking about a multi generational kind of experiment that would involve a lot of people. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an I, interesting concept. I think I think there are a lot uh, greater uh, things facing the world than uh, yeah, definitely. The, the, this this small particular issue of gender roles. I think most people are happy with uh, with where they're at. Nonetheless, thank you for the thoughts and the idea. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. We are out of time. Back tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com.